On today's conversation, I am talking all things friendship with Stephanie, Jenna, and Jessica from the Pastors Wives Tell All podcast. I love this discussion because we are getting three different perspectives on finding friends as an adult from three women who are pastors' wives of three separate churches and have dealt with so many different relationships within ministry. And just as any human being does, they have faced their own share of challenging friendships and sweet friendships, and they are here to talk about what that looks like for us to live out, to embrace, to serve, to open our homes, and so on. So they also to talk about the loneliness that can come with being in ministry, how to find couple friends, and why it's okay if your husband doesn't love hanging out with that one person that you really want them to hang out with. And most importantly, we discuss how expectations, different life stages, such as having babies or getting married, and having boundaries can affect a friendship and how we can navigate through all of that. I really loved this discussion. Um, I was able to also be on their podcast to talk pretty heavily about marriage, which was such a cool conversation and probably one of my favorite guest interviews that I've ever been on. So you guys can check that out once it's live as well. And then you can go onto my Instagram at living easy with Lindsay and watch my Instagram live that I did with my husband, Jesse, where we talk about this same topic from our perspective and what it looks like practically in our lives to make and try to keep friends. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to check out episodes 63, the 11 lessons I learned in my 20s that changed my life, Real Convos, episode two, Navigating One-Sided Friendships, episode 59, A Biblical Perspective on Toxic Relationships, Hard People, and Managing Conflict, and episode 23, When Friends Become Enemies or Distant Friends and What to Do. I wanted to make a special request this month, if it's okay with y'all, if you haven't had a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, would you mind taking a quick second to do so? A star rating and a few words about how the Living Easy podcast has impacted you will only take you a minute or so, but it makes all the difference in the world for me and this little ministry that I pour my heart into. So make sure to tag me at Living Easy with Lindsay on Instagram if you enjoyed this conversation, and I cannot wait for you to hear their heart and their perspective. Let's jump in. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee, to get through the day, and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay, 
And today I am very, very excited to be with the super fun, super wise, super encouraging Stephanie, Jenna, and Jessica from the Pastor's Wives Tell All podcast. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Oh my goodness, that introduction. I'm like, man. We were smiling. We were. (laughs) So I had the luxury of just speaking on their podcast, The Pastor's Wives Tell All, about marriage and relationship. And so now we are switching over and switching gears to hear from all of you. And so I'm so excited, but I had the luxury of hearing their hearts and Their podcast as a whole touches on so many incredible topics for pastor's wives or youth pastor's wives or women who have spouses in ministry or women in ministry. You guys are very open and honest about the hard topics, which is what I am all about. And so I would love, Stephanie, Jenna, Jessica, if you'll tell me a little bit about yourselves, your families, and then I'd love to hear how your podcast got started and what it means to you. We'll love to share this, but first, I just want to say, you are amazing. We love your podcast. We love what you're doing. I, we affirm all of the things. Mm-hmm. Thank so thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you. But my name is Stephanie, so I'll start off. My husband and I have been married for 14 years now, and we have been working in church youth ministry the entire time. <laughs> so that's a long time, I feel like. And we have three kids, two boys and one girl. My oldest, Bryce, is 11 years old. He just started middle school. That's a whole thing in of itself. I'm, <laughs> oh, yes, I bet. I could cry. Oh, uh, And then, yes, and then my Bentley is nine, and my youngest, Avery, is six, going on 30. I mean, seven. <laughs> She'll be seven <laughs> in a couple of weeks, but she acts like she's, you know, she thinks she's older. I have been a blogger and sort of an influencer, I would say, on and off again for about the past six years while dreaming of being a published author one day. In fact, I've actually written a book, and these girls keep getting on to me because I haven't done anything with it yet. Lindsay, get on to her. Yes, I will. (laughs) I have a podcast episode for you. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Okay. Mic drop. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I'll listen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I actually recently, and I mentioned this just when we were having our little private conversation, that I recently started working a desk job at a local private school so that I could put my kids through school there. But honestly, my biggest passion right now, other than working with our awesome teenagers at church who I love so much, but my other passion is our podcast ministry to pastor's wives. It just literally lights my soul on fire. Love it so much. Thanks for being here. And this is Jenna. Thank you. (laughs) I love Jenna. Hi. Hi, Jenna. Jenna. (laughs) Hey. So my husband, Ian, and I have been married for 13 years. We have two children, Addie and Avery. Addie is eight, going on probably 15 or 16. Uh, Uh, Yes. And Avery just turned six in July. So that's a lot of fun. I am actually a photographer and I also do hand lettering and I have a design shop on my website with lots of fun t-shirt designs. I do, you know, tattoo designs for people if, as long as they're letter-based. I kind of do a lot of different things. I help Jessica with her nonprofit, all of the things. She is a tech savvy woman. Uh, she, is. she can Thank do you. Anything and everything. Build websites. You name it, she can do it. Thanks. I appreciate that. My husband is, we've been in ministry pretty much most of our marriage. He was a teacher at first, and then he stepped out into full-time ministry, and he's done 
he's been a worship pastor. He has been a youth pastor. And now he kind of does a little bit of all of it. And he is also a discipleship pastor at our church. So we're doing a lot. (laughs) Busy, busy. (laughs) Yeah. But good busy. Busy. Good busy. Okay. My name is Jessica. And Hi. I feel like we're doing like Hi, a Lindsay. circle talk, <laughs> like a meet and greet. <laughs> Hi, Jessica. Hi. So my husband, Jonathan, and I have been married for 18 years. We have two amazing daughters, Grace and Olivia. Grace is 11 and Olivia is nine. And Olivia just, as of like when we're interviewed, Olivia just accepted Jesus last night. Oh, it was goodness. such an amazing, oh my goodness, it was such an amazing night. Wow, um, praise God. That's amazing. I Thank you. Thank you. Yes, praise Him. And mm-hmm. also adoption is very close to our hearts. So both of our girls are adopted. Grace is adopted from Russia and Olivia is adopted from China. So They're just amazing blessings for sure. So we have been in youth ministry. We were in youth ministry for 12 years, and now we are pastors of a local church here in our hometown that actually was a church plant at one time. So Mm -hmm. we are rocking and rolling and loving every minute of it, even, you know, the messy people because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all messy. And I run a nonprofit called Come Away Missions out of Rwanda, Africa, and been doing that for 12 years and have another amazing ministry a part of that, which is Do Good Project. And we have 27 artisans that make amazing products, and we bring them back here and sell. And um, it helps to, money goes back to help them thrive in their villages in Rwanda. So do a whole lot, love it. And yeah, that's all in a nutshell. Goodness. I I feel like my heart just feels so full because I, I mean, truly, like just, it always really encourages me to see and to hear from women who put their faith in action, you know, and I just feel like all three of you are doing that so intentionally. And so I just thank you for serving and for loving and for being that example, you know, because you each have something so precious and such a gift to bring to the table that is really coming from an obedience to what Jesus has called you to and your passion. So I really love that. So tell me a little bit about the podcast and how it got started. Okay, so this is a really fun story. I think it's a fun story because it's kind of the story of our friendship. (laughs) So two years ago, this is Stephanie speaking. Two years ago, I felt God leading me to do something more for women, especially in the local area God had placed me. And at the time, I thought what that was going to look like was a women's conference for our city, but to not just do it with my church. Like I wanted to reach out to women in other churches so we could come together and make this thing happen. And it not be, you know, my church, a church, this church, that church, but to be the church, you know, the one that we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be believers that walk united. And that was my heart. And at that time, I had a friend who was in one of these other churches who was a pastor's wife. And I told her, I said, I don't know a lot of people here. I had only been here for a couple of years. And so I didn't know where to look. And she told me, she said, there is somebody you need to know. And I'm like, who is this that I need to know? She's like, Jessica Taylor. I'm like, who is this Jessica Taylor? (laughs) Where is she? Take me to her. (laughs) Take me to her, motherland. Take me there. (laughs) So long story short. Jessica and I became pretty fast friends, right? Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like 
instantly after we talked on the phone. Yeah, we talked for like an hour, I think, the first time on the phone. And you just know when someone's heart is just sort of connected to your own. (laughs) And I felt that with her instantly. And so over those next few months, I had met Jenna through Jessica because they were already friends. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I believe God began placing this vision of a podcast on my heart. But I didn't really know how what that would look like or how it would come to fruition. And I had jokingly sort of brought it up to Jessica first, then to Jenna, the idea of having a podcast called The Very Worst Preacher's Wife. <laughs> that was my initial thought because I never felt like I fit the ideal picture of a pastor's wife. And I knew that they probably could relate. But also, I knew that this was a long shot because we're busy. I mean, we've just told you. And Jessica, like, I don't even understand how she could fit anything else in her life. (laughs) I'm like, she is superwoman. I don't even know. That's why I needed to know Jessica Taylor because she literally can do everything. (laughs) That is a lie. I cannot do everything. She's being real sweet right now. (laughs) And I know Jenna and Jess are going to have more to add to this story, but that's how kind of the idea was brought out. But can I just say that God's timing is impeccable because he brought us together through a conference that never happened because of COVID. (laughs) But through this podcast, we have been given the opportunity to bring unity to the church, which was my heart to begin with, starting with church leadership. It is crazy how God works in these ways like we never would have expected because right mm-hmm. now He's doing it. He's bringing other pastors' wives together, which brings the pastors together in the communities, including our three churches that now do so many mm-hmm. things together because of this podcast. So I know y'all probably have some more to add to that. Yeah, so when Stephanie, <laughs> when Stephanie reached out to me, this is Jenna speaking, she said, you know, we should really start this podcast, you know, and I mentioned it to Jessica and I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Wait, a podcast? <laughs> How are we going to do that? <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know if I'm your girl <laughs> for this. Like, I'm techie, but like, I've never done that before. And I'm one of those people, like, I have to fully know how to do something before I jump into it. Like, oh my gosh, I, that's, that's just me. my personality. Yes. And I'm learning, I'm an Enneagram one, and I'm learning that it does not have to be perfect just get started. Just do it. So when she mentioned it, I was like, I don't, I just, I don't really know about this. And after thinking about it, you know, I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Like, let's just start slow. Let's just see how it goes. And we just went on a journey. Like, and obviously we didn't name it the very worst preacher's wife, but we named it Pastor's Wives Tell All. And it because is. That is what we do. Yes. And that is what we, we do. Which, uh, which our husbands would probably disagree that we don't tell it all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, but, you, just, you just let us come on your podcast and we will tell it yeah. all. Yes. <laughs> which we have had them on and they are right. <laughs> they, yeah, that's very true. But, you know, I think the other girls would agree with me that we definitely feel like we are called to do this. And. I have grown so much individually through this entire process. And I just never, I never would have seen us here, you know, two years ago. It's just, it's just crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And the only thing I would add is that, you know, it's so neat. A couple of years ago, I've been feeling like, well, I think I felt a nudge pretty much most of my adult life for speaking, even though I 
would always say that, like, that's nothing I would ever be called to, even though I was doing it in Africa 12 years ago, and I could speak to hundreds of people and be fine. But think about doing that here in America was just a different, (laughs) it was a different beast, and I was scared to death. But I just, you know, especially over the past couple of years, the Lord's really been just laying on my heart about speaking and speaking in front of people. And it's just really cool that in my head, what I thought that meant would be preaching from a stage. Mm-hmm. And that might be my future. And it has started to be my, you know, my present and what God is calling me to. But it's also like this podcast. I think he was just, he's using this platform for all three of us to be able to share his glory and to speak truth. And it is just one of the most amazing things. I would have never thought it would be on a podcast, but this is going out world, world, mm-hmm. world, <laughs> worldwide. And it's, and it's just so amazing how he works. It's so much better than the plan that I could have, you know, had for myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am so proud of all three of you, again, for just responding to that call, even when it feels maybe a little inconvenient or uncomfortable or intimidating. There were a lot of reasons that you could not do it, but you still push through and you still continue to do it. And so I just think that's amazing. And I think it's even more incredible that God brought you together as friends who now have this sweet relationship and can share the gospel and share truth with other women. And as I just prayed over the topic that I wanted to discuss with you, I feel so strongly that, and I hear these questions all of the time through my Instagram and just everything about friendship as women and as adults and as couples in relationships and how rare it is to find those friends. For me, friendship is, the topic as a whole is very near and dear to my heart because I really believe in and I really love fellowship and community. And I shared on your podcast, like how much that has impacted my life and my marriage. And it is something that I choose to be very intentional with because I know how powerful it is. And I know that many couples desire that and many women desire that, but it's really hard to find, especially for whatever reason amongst women. And so I see that pastor's wives, the pastor's wives that I've been lucky to know really struggle with feeling a little bit isolated. They have struggles with, you know, being vulnerable with other people because they don't necessarily feel protected or they feel like they don't want to get too close because people are so constantly in and out of the church that they don't want to get hurt. And so I know that it can be a lonely position, but I know as, you know, a military wife or as a woman who has recently moved like me, that I'm experiencing kind of this loneliness for the first time because I was born and raised in my hometown. You know, I I just had my people all the time. So we're not alone in that. Pastor's wives aren't alone in that, but it is so common to feel that as an adult as you grow up. And so what are some of the struggles, just kind of speaking from a place of vulnerability, that one or all three of you have personally come across in making friends as an adult, especially while working in ministry? I will first off say that I have been blessed with some amazing friends. I'm just going to start with the 18 years of being married to Jonathan. We've just had some really amazing friendships that the Lord has just given us. But 
And a lot of the friends, and especially our closest friends, have not always been in ministry with us or even at the same church. But one particular situation, we moved to Fort Myers, Florida, which is about 12 hours from our hometown. And it was very hard. (laughs) And it was a different culture than what we are used to here in, oh, Phoenix City, Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and, and it was hard at first because we were going to a large church and we were in our early 20s in this unknown place. And so it was hard. And I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. So I definitely would start talking with people and, you know, trying to make myself at home. But what I found in this particular season of our lives is that I needed to learn how to look outside of my comfort zone of people that look like me and my husband and that looked a little bit different, that our ages were different, that our priorities were different, that we were at different stages of life. And so I started to look past what just I would first usually go to to in a friendship. And it was such a blessing to step out of our comfort zone. And so I would say our like the two couples that we got the closest to in Fort Myers were in their late 50s and like their 30s at the time, which we were still like super, you know, baby. Yeah. So I'd really just challenge people with that is I think one of the hardest things and why people are so lonely. Yes, they are in new walks of life and going to different towns and it's going to be hard, but... I think that we have to open our eyes to see people that are different than us. And I think that is something huge because what we find is just beautiful friendships and the wisdom of looking at people that aren't like us and they're different ages and we learn from them. And it's a, it's a beautiful collision. Amen. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yes, she is absolutely right. I would say for me, one of the struggles I have faced along the way is just feeling like I can't be myself. And and I don't think that's just, it. May, it's a pastor's wife thing, but it's not just a pastor's wife thing. I think whether you're in ministry or not, sometimes we feel like we have to have this persona of, I've got it all together, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of two things would happen in friendships. Either I would get closed up and not talk about hard things I was facing, like feelings of depression and anxiety, because I was not supposed to be having those feelings. You know, that's not what a pastor's wife should do. And I think even just women in general, I do believe that a lot more people are talking about it now, but I would say in years past, it was a lot harder to talk about. Right. Or I would have the opposite problem where I would overshare and then it would blow up in my face. So I would feel judged. I've been there. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I think that's common. Oh, I feel you so much right now. (laughs) Are you my soul sister? (laughs) Yeah. And I think like layer upon layer, things build when you're in the ministry too. I would also fear that I would accidentally share something I wasn't supposed to. Because as somebody in the ministry, a lot of times you know things about a lot of people. The Holy Spirit was very loud to me. I never wanted to be a gossip Never. I never wanted to be caught talking about anyone. So instead of, it's like I would take it to an extreme and then just not talk at all. Like, what if I accidentally said something? So it was just this very hard place to be in when you're doing too much or you're not doing enough or am I saying too much or am I saying not enough? And the weird thing is, is I wanted to be everybody's best friend, but I don't think I ever fully enabled others to be my best friend. 
I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yes. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I think it's important. Okay. So I guess I think the problem is, is it's pride. I wanted to look good. I wanted people to be like, oh, wow, I can go to her and I can share my problems. And she has all this great advice and all of this wisdom. I wanted to be that person. And and what's funny is that's it's selfish. It's not about helping them necessarily, but it's about looking like you are the person that can help them. Does that make sense? Yes. And so I think from that stemmed, well, then now, because I want to have this persona of, I do have it all together. I don't want you to see all of my insecurities. I don't want you to see the anxiety and depression that I'm facing. I'm going to kind of stuff those down and I'm not going to be vulnerable. You're not going to truly be my best friend because I'm not really opening up to you fully because I don't feel like I can. And I think that's not just me. I don't think that's just ministry people. I think that can be anyone. We can all get trapped in that. Before you guys continue, but I want to speak to that because I do think that is such a crucial part of the friendship aspect is being willing to let your walls down and being willing to be vulnerable and to confess your junk with them. I was very, very similar to that and still struggle with it, especially in this, you know, kind of world that we're in to where if people want to meet for coffee or if they want to go get lunch and they just want to talk about their stuff and their life, like I go with the thought of like counseling them, you know, or just hearing them out and giving them what God has taught me, just sharing wisdom. And then I step away and I kind of go back to my people, which it's not a bad thing to have your people. But in friendship as a whole, when I'm going into those, I've learned, you know, it is not my job to portray myself as someone that I'm not. It's not my job to have it all together. It's also not my job or even my calling to keep it all in and withhold so that I feel like I have it a little bit more together than them, just like you're saying. And so I think that it's so important you're bringing up a great point in being vulnerable and being willing to kind of break down those walls and have those hard conversations from the get-go with people and just to be raw and to confess because it brings, and we talked about this earlier, but it brings on your podcast, but it brings freedom to the table when we are open and when we're willing to share about the mess that we kind of have. And it makes them kind of break their walls down as well. So thank you for sharing that because I think that's very wise. Well, thank you for saying that. And I will say that the three of us Jenna, Jessica, and I, I think we have found that friendship finally, Mm -hmm. or I say finally for me, because I think it took me a little longer to find it than it did for them to be able to be in that place where we can open up like you're talking about and be completely vulnerable and raw. And they have taught me that it's okay to do that elsewhere. I mean, within reason, you have to have boundaries and that sort of thing, but that I can share with people a a little more vulnerably about what I'm going through. I have a little something to add. I think that one thing for me personally, I think that I have struggled with in the past is I get really overwhelmed really easily when it comes to feeling the pressure of being all things to all people. I'm a little more introverted than the other two girls, and I just discovered that about myself pretty recently, actually. I've always really thought that I was just a straight-up extrovert. And I took a little ministry personality test thing at church a couple months ago. And 
honestly, like, I was shocked. I was like, why is this thing telling me that I'm a people-oriented introvert? <laughs> my husband looked <laughs> oh, at me and he was like— a good explanation of it. Babe, <laughs> like, I think it's right. And he just kind of gave me this smirk, and I was like, okay. But I just—I don't know. Like, when you—I feel like when I feel like I have found my people, that in a sense, I feel like that's all I need. You know what I'm saying? So it's like— I don't know. When I find a couple of people that I can really open up with, I get nervous about opening up to people outside of that group. So like when I when I find my inner circle, I'm pretty I'm pretty tight with them and sometimes I can be a little bit more withdrawn or I feel like I I'm going to disappoint people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I don't want to I don't want to let you in too much because if I do that, then maybe you're going to expect to want to hang out with me a lot more. And, like, we're just so busy. And I I just, I don't know. I don't want to let anybody down. And so I think that's been a struggle in ministry is feeling the pressure to be all things to all people and then that I'm going to let somebody down if I'm not. I relate to that as well. And I think that there is something to be said for that close-knit group of people. And that's something that I didn't— I guess, pay much attention to for a while. And I spread myself so thin amongst so many people because I do love, I love hosting. I love brunches. I love meeting new people. It's a, it's my favorite thing. Like being around people is, Mm -hmm. it's so special to me. But what I realized is that a lot of my close friends were getting the short end of the stick because I was giving so much to all of these other people who maybe needed me or needed time. And I felt like, like you're saying, I want to be everything. Like I want to help them when they need help. I want to like be that. I mean, even if it's like savior complex, you know, sometimes just feeling like I want to do that for them. And then it, it transitioned and it shifted because I realized I was doing that. I was being called on it by my close friends that I started pulling away completely from like outside relationships. And, but I think that there's a balance and it's exemplified by Jesus life because he had, he called his 12 disciples And within the 12 disciples, he had his three. He had a close relationship with Peter, James, and John. And so he allowed these men to walk with him, walk alongside of him. They saw his most intimate and personal moments with the ministry. And then, of course, he had, he sends out like his 72 people. And so I, I, you probably know this, but it's like the 31272 principle of Jesus' life where we see he, he holds those people very closely to him. And that's a good thing. And then his 12 know of his life, but they don't know as much and they're not as involved as the three. And then the 72 are a part of him and they're a part of his life, but they obviously do not have that intimate side in that relationship. And so I think Mm -hmm. there is wisdom in that balance, like you're saying, but also knowing that it's okay to let people in a little bit more when we feel ready. Absolutely. So what would you say, because you all three, it seems like you each have your people, like you have friends, you have your people. What would you say to the women who are like, yeah, but I don't have anyone, you know, whether it's a military wife or pastor's wife and they're feeling like, I don't have anyone. How would you maybe encourage them to move forward in finding those friends? Yeah. I mean, if you're out there, I mean, first of all, I hate that you're there, you know, because it feels lonely. But I also know that there are seasons that God takes people out of our lives 
so we can grow. And I mean, he's a jealous God. He wants us. And sometimes we can put, or a lot of times we can put our relationships before him. And so, you know, first to just check and go, you know, is this something that he wants me to be in right now? I mean, he is a relational God and wants us, but he also wants us to have relationships with others and fellowship. But sometimes he just needs that intimacy with you that's been lacking. But once that is found, I think one of the biggest things, kind of what I shared about, you know, our the church in Fort Myers is that you really do, if you feel lonely and you feel like there's no one out there, One of the things that we kind of talked about at the pastor's wife retreat that we had not too long ago is the importance of looking beyond the people that look like you. And, you know, I stay on this just because I think as women, we still have that high school complex Mm -hmm. um, where we are trying to find people that dress like us, talk like us and have the same hobbies. And we bring that into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a really bad place to be because it was cliquish in high school. We left people out in high school and I don't want to be like that. Mm -mm. And so really, truly looking beyond the people that look like me, act like me, because that's the only person there is, is me. Like, I I don't want to hang out with somebody that's just like me. I want to hang out with other personalities and fun people and different women that, you know, do things different, that eat different food or don't eat enough food or go to enough restaurants like Stephanie over here. (laughs) We had to to teach her how to, like, go outside of the Olive Garden. (laughs) She's a creature of habit. She's a creature of habit and the complete opposite. But you know what I mean? Like, we, we just bring out like different things in each other, Mm -hmm. like in whatever friendship you have, like it's so fun to get to know the different things about each other. But also don't, don't stop and just look for people like you. Look for older, look for younger, Mm -hmm. look for just anybody different than you. And I really challenge you to do that because a lot of times it could be you. (laughs) The reason you're lonely, it could be you. I mean, we get so many complaints in church as pastor's wives of no one ever reached out to me. Mm. And uh, I hate that <laughs> so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, are you human? Do you have a mouth? Like, can yeah. you speak up? <laughs> you know, people use the introvert and they say, I'm introvert. I just don't talk to people. Well, just because you're like that doesn't mean you have to stay like that. So exactly. stop making excuses yeah. and get your tutti fruity up and <laughs> make a friend. You know what I mean? So like, um, so I challenge people, do that. If you don't have friends, maybe look inside and go why you don't have friends. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I mean, yeah, I think sometimes we do have to take that first step. And I'm thinking practically. I want to look at, because I have known some women who have felt lonely and they say they don't have anyone. And then when I look and I go, okay, and I have been there. I have been that girl and I did it to myself. I just talked about that. I think it was pride and selfishness in a totally weird way that I did not understand that I had. But along with that, practically, are you involved in a local church with a small group or a community group like you mentioned, Lindsay? Because These are people you can do life with. You can find friendships this way just practically. And somehow we get so involved with, I don't know, little league sports or different things. And we have gotten to where our kids literally run our lives and their schedules are our our schedules. And we have stopped seeking community Mm -hmm. the way that we need to. 
And it's right there for the taking. And I think a lot of times our priorities have been a little mixed up. And I know this, we're given a lot of like hard, <laughs> like love right now, no. but I don't know. You know, here's a practical step. Just ask someone to coffee. Ask someone. I remember the first time Stephanie and I met, you know, and we met for coffee. I mean, I was nervous and I don't really get nervous, but I don't know her. It's like going on a first date. I know. Like, I don't know her, but we were like, let's do coffee. You know, let's do this. And it's going to be nerve wracking. You yeah. don't know the human. Like, yeah. I mean, they could be crazy. And I mean, Stephanie is. She's a little bit crazy, but oh. probably even more crazy. So it fit. But, you know, Look at what came out of us stepping out of our comfort zone. What relationships have you missed in your life because you're too afraid Mm -hmm. and you're stuck in your just, you know, what do you call it? You're stuck in your bubble. Bubble of loneliness. I don't know. (laughs) You're stuck in it. And that's not how God intended. Also, just practically, like if you don't know where to start, like pray. Mm -hmm. That the Lord will bring somebody in your life or and then and then if you're scared, like pray for boldness. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like. Those are just some simple, practical things you can do, too. And know that there could be other women praying that same prayer, and yeah. they're waiting on you. Like, so one of you guys make the first move. Come mm. on, boo. Who's make it going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the Wife Project from Roommates to Soulmates will have its final official launch on November 7th? There are so many of you who are already on the wait list, patiently anticipating the drop of this course. You'll be joining over 1,000 women from ages 20 to 65 who have been a part of the Wife Project. And, praise your report, we have people from nearly every country in the world who have bought the Wife Project to improve their own marriages for the glory of God. But if you don't know anything about the Wife Project just yet, I'm so excited to tell you. Let me begin with a question. Have you forgotten what it was like to be best friends with your husband? Have you become more like roommates than soulmates? I think it's safe to say that there are so very few people in the world who walk down the aisle to say I do after tons of wedding planning while also having the thought, I hope I have a mediocre or failed marriage that ends in divorce. No, right? We naturally desire to have the best and healthiest marriages, a marriage full of happiness, spiritual growth, pleasurable intimacy, laughter, and faithfulness, the kind of marriage that thrives when God is at the center. But then life happens. We forget the promises we've made to God because we're so caught up in the broken and worldly expectations of what we thought our marriage would be. We focus more on the other grass across the fence rather than we focus on watering our own. And I totally understand that marriage can be difficult, you guys. We are two sinners coming together with different upbringings, different desires, and different personalities. Jesse and I have been through it. And it causes conflict, confusion, and loneliness when it isn't worked on by either person. I want to share with you what Kelsey said about the Wife Project after investing in the course. My husband and I have been struggling for a little while now. There was nothing wrong with our marriage. It's just hard at times. Kids and work created stress on us and we love each other, but constant miscommunication and trying to fix each other has left us both exhausted and ready to give up. I've been praying for a reason to keep fighting for us and to keep working at this. We've tried Bible studies, marriage counseling, date nights, etc., and nothing seemed to work. The Wife Project, Lindsay, showed me God's vision for our marriage. I realized that I need to stop trying to get my husband to fill a role he was never created to fill. I began to understand my role in all of this. I also learned that I can work on the things that I can control, my attitude, my heart, and my intentions, 
and that has a huge impact on his responses toward me. Thank you for giving me the tools I needed to save my marriage. I truly believe you are a gift from God to my family. Guys, the fact of the matter is, is that there are two people within a marriage and it can sometimes be tempting to point our fingers at what our spouse is and is not doing. But the truth is pointing fingers and telling them what they're doing wrong over and over again does not fix anything. Just like Kelsey said, you were never intended to play God or be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. God has called you to be a love him wife, not a fix him wife. Do you desire to run this race well, to fight hard through the mess and the muck while holding high the beautiful institution of marriage that God has woven into the fabric of creation? Amy invested in the course and she said this, I only just started following you a couple weeks ago and I'm so inspired by how relatable all the content is, but it always comes back to how can I focus on Christ and that is the key to healing my broken marriage. One more thing to add, it's also helping my patience and kindness in parenting. It's helping my whole entire home and the assignments are actually work that I want to do. So wives, it begins with you and not because your spouse always gives their best, but because Jesus has called you to be a good and godly wife who honors him. The Wife Project is an eight week, 10 and a half hour video course that you can work on in your own time and you have lifetime access to the course once you've purchased it. This means you won't run out of time and you can keep it for the rest of your life. The course also comes with my 70 page wife project journal that I created specifically for you that includes marriage challenges, scripture memory verses, and journaling questions to begin working through the deep struggles of your marriage immediately. So don't miss out you guys. Click the link in my show notes on my Instagram or on my website to be added to the wait list and to learn more about the wife project from roommates to soulmates. And don't miss the last official launch. We will see you there on November 7th, 2021. I am in full agreement. I It's so interesting to me because it is coming from a place now and I can speak to it now. I feel like I can speak to it now better than I could in Albuquerque where I lived and grew up because like I said, most of my friends were from kindergarten and fifth grade, you know, up until that. And then we just, we stuck around each other. So the topic of making a new friend was kind of foreign to me because most of it, like new friends I met through church or through Instagram. But now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, I have to get outside of my comfort zone and I have to meet new friends. And I am extroverted and I am sociable. So I know that it is a little bit easier for me, but I will say there are moments where and have been moments in the time I've been here that it's not super convenient to have people at my house. You mentioned kind of idolizing our children and putting them on a pedestal where they run our schedules. And I think it's incredible. And I'm all about loving your children and being an intentional mother. I talk about it all the time on the podcast, but there is also a place where you have to have those relationships that pour into you, where you are then pouring out into them. You're being fed and you're being filled so that you can then pour into your children. Because if you're depleted and you're exhausted, and we talk about this like full cup thing all the time, but I don't even mean, think that means like alone time or anything. I think so much of it means spiritually filled up through accountability, through love, through sharing the gospel with others, through having other women come into your life and pouring that into you. But that comes through relationship. And so for me, there's moments where I'm like, my kids are crazy and I've never met this person in my life. And she's about to come over to my house (laughs) and my house is a wreck because we just moved in and we're literally mid construction. 
but she reached out, which I was really thankful for. And I said, yes. And I think that's like the three of you are saying is you have to be that voice too, where I have gone and been like, I saw a girl at the gym and, or wherever, you know, I'm like, Hey, you want to go have coffee or do you want to go have lunch? And kind of getting outside of myself. And I even had one person here (laughs) who I felt like I was a little much for. And I was like, so excited to meet her. And she was like my age and it just felt right. And I think I overwhelmed the heck out of her. And I'm like, hi, where are you from? I'm here. Like I need friends. I mean, I didn't say I need friends, but it was probably very obvious. And she has completely like pulled away. And so I was like, okay, that's not my person. And I could let that get into my head and create lies that I'm not enough and da, 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 da. Or I could say, she's not my person. Cool. Moving on. And then I'm going to find somebody who is a good fit for me. And you mentioned the going to church and nobody talked to me. I've heard that a lot in my life from women and, and from men, but mostly women. And I think it is so crucial to have that place of saying, I am not here to just consume the church. I am not here to just be served and to be attended to. That is not the purpose. You are part of the body of Christ. So step outside of yourself. And while, like I truly do, I I don't come at this from a place of condescension in any way because I know friends right now who are kind of struggling through this transitional season of losing old friends and kind of like, who are my people? I don't know who my people are. And so I know it hurts, but I think that when we get outside of ourselves and we get outside of our minds and we say, I'm going to open my home, I'm going to open my doors and welcome people in, even if my house is small, or even if I don't have a lot of money to make dinner, like I can put snacks out or we can just go to a park and meet, but taking that step and opening your arms, opening your heart, opening your home, Because like you said, I think this is the biggest point. There are so many women praying for friends right now. I know like seven. So if I know seven, you all probably know seven plus each. And so these women are seeking. So we have to be available and we have to be willing to go places where we're going to meet friends like church or community group. So kind of spinning off of that, you mentioned this a little bit. And so I really want to elaborate I think that there are three things that really damage an adult friendship. One is expectations. Two, different life stages, like you mentioned. One of my best friends is 10 years older than me, and she is the greatest gift of my life. Number three is boundaries. So expectations, different life stages, and boundaries. They seem to flow together. So I want to talk about it. Can you share an experience or just your perspective when expectations of of somebody, like healthy or not healthy, have damaged a friendship? Because I think like I read a lot on social media about moms who are new moms and their friends kind of disappear. And rather than like amending the way that they used to do things and just shifting, there becomes a resentment between the two of them because they're at different life stages. So how have expectations and different life stages and boundaries damaged your friendships or friendships that you've seen? Mm, I have had... A few situations in my life where, you know, we had a big friend group and there weren't necessarily expectations like on my part, but maybe from, you know, another party. And I kind of, my husband and I, you know, decided early on, okay, listen, we're going to set some some healthy boundaries. And 
we didn't discuss these healthy boundaries with anybody else. We just decided that, you know, as for us, as, as a family, like we're going to set some boundaries. And looking back, you know, a lot of things kind of spiraled and went down. And we are so thankful that we did create boundaries in the beginning because we saw that there were some expectations that we knew that we were not going to be able to meet. And in that particular case, you know, that friendship was severed, but we, we set boundaries so far in advance that, you know, I think we were protected and we're really thankful in those situations that we did set those boundaries like we did. But yeah, I think boundaries are huge. I think that you have to decide, you know, for your marriage and your family, like what is best for you because I think that, that they can protect you down the road. For me, how long do you have? I have quite a, few <laughs> um, a lot of mine tie into church hurt, but one I'll kind of just, this was just one of my best friends and we had been best friends for a whole long time. And we were the best friends that we were over each other's house every single day. And we did life together, vacation together and everything. And It fell apart when we got on staff and had to make some decisions and loyalty was thrown out there. And that, you know, we knew that as pastors, we had to make a a prayerful decision on something, whereas they wanted us to make the loyal decision because they were our best friends. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't do that because that's not that wasn't my husband's role and and our role. It's to seek first Jesus and his calling and who needs to be in what position and all the things. So it was a really, really hard time. It was a breakup. And I don't think best friend breakups are talked about enough. (laughs) Um, We can hear a whole lot about, you know, the boyfriend breakups, but best friend breakups are hard. And I think they hit even deeper, especially when they're so long and Mm. you, you're like sisters. So I say all that to make a point. I am really glad I tried to mend, but I'm really glad that the Lord healed me and then allowed me to let go. I think that a lot of times we have a hard time letting go of friendships and letting go of relationships that we need to allow God to to take away. Mm. And sometimes we hold on to those relationships and what they do is they drag us down even lower when God was trying to save us from future pain and hurt and distractions. And he's trying to save us from it. So now looking back, I can go, wow, like we would not be the people we are today. We would not be the pastor and pastor wife today if that relationship was still number one Mm. um, in our friendships. And so as hard as it is, it's okay to let go. And I say that to just pastors, wives, and ministry leaders out there too. It's also okay to let go of people when they leave the church, as Mm -hmm. long as you can check yourself and know they're not leaving because of something you did, Um, that it's okay to let go of people because a lot of times God is really trying to protect us from something and to grow us. And what happened when that friendship was gone is like the Lord brought Jenna into my life very, like, I mean, it was soon after. I mean, y'all already, you know, knew us, but we started to, you know, get together and hang out. So you just don't ever know what's around the corner. Um, So just allow the Lord to move 
even though it hurts. There's beautifulness on the other side for sure. When you said just around the corner, I'm sorry, this is going to be a little bit of comedic relief. All I thought was just around the river bend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't just... know what that is. <laughs> Pocahontas. Oh. <laughs> Wow. I needed more of the song, Steph. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. I just, that was stuck in my head when she said that. (laughs) We sing a lot on our podcast. And accents. They do accents. (laughs) Yes, Yes, we 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 love to do accents. It's just part of what we do. Yes, it is. You either love us or you hate us. (laughs) There's no in between, apparently. (laughs) That's what our critics say, anyway. (laughs) But I, I really love that. And I, I will let you speak real quick. But I I think that it's so important to push and promote and encourage those boundaries like you are and to say that they boundaries help us to love better. They don't mean necessarily that we are shutting doors on people and that we are being hateful. And I have a whole podcast episode about this with Blake Guichette about toxic relationships and boundaries. And I think that we have to really reshift our perspective into knowing that if we create boundaries that are loving, that are grace-filled, that are um, purpose-filled, and that are focused on Jesus, that they will, one, be spirit-led, and that I do believe that while it can be painful, you will see, like you're saying, that you look back and say, okay, this was right. Like, this was a good thing. But it also helps you to love your people better because you're not exhausted and drained and broken by that one relationship that's wearing on your soul so often and causing you to put your energy toward that rather than putting your energy toward the people who love you really well and who serve you really well. And I always ask my friends this question, what are you giving weight to? Who are you giving weight to? And do they deserve that weight in your life? Not that we don't love unconditionally, but if someone has broken you down again and again and again, you can love them well from a distance while giving weight to the people in your life who are good and faithful friends and who make you better and more like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That is so good. And I'm actually going to circle back around to that in just a second, but I wanted to park for a minute on expectations, that word. I just firmly believe that our hearts should be so in tune with Jesus that we drop the darn expectations. Mm -hmm. Because when we realize, and when I realize how much I've been forgiven, and I realize there's no, there, there is no reason for me not to forgive someone else, for me not to place, expe- why am I placing expectations? Mm-hmm. The Lord does not do that to us. He just loves us where we are. And I think we forget that, that when we're dealing with other people, it all of a sudden, well, you mistreated me or you said something and it bothered me. So I'm, I'm going to cut you off. And that's, and those are not healthy boundaries. Those are nitpicky. Mm-hmm. I right. have these expectations. You're not meeting them. So I'm done with you. Selfish. And yes, yes. And we get trapped in this. But I will say for my, my personality, I am very like, if you're my friend, you're my friend forever. Like we are stuck together 
forever. <laughs> you Enneagram six. You. You, you cannot get rid of me. I am here for life. <laughs> so there, I mean, there really is probably, and they, they can attest to this. There's probably nothing I won't do to make things right when I screw up in the friendship. Like I want to be like, I'm sorry, let's work this out. Let's have restoration. And although I guess it's kind of a gift, but it is also a curse. Because I have struggled with boundaries. I um, I went through a situation where someone I loved so much flat despised me for probably three or four years. I didn't know why. I tried reaching out over and over again. I wrote this long letter and got nothing really back. She She just didn't even admit that there was a problem, even though there very much was. But there came a point where I had to stop reaching out and I had to wait But I will say, I never closed the door on that relationship. And I think that's key, that we can have healthy boundaries, but we can still keep the door cracked for restoration. Mm -hmm. And that is so important. Actually, that relationship, oddly enough, probably I had moved away. Been So this had gone on for three or four years, and I had moved away and had been gone for probably a year or two. I can't even think about the time frame right now. And I randomly get a text from this person telling me, I know this is going to seem weird because you've been gone for so long. And it was the most heartfelt apology I think I have ever received from anyone. And it's like when I stopped talking and put up some good boundaries, she was able to hear the Holy Spirit. Like when I stopped running my mouth, she could then hear the one that needed to talk to her. And we were able to restore. And like, that is rare. I don't think that happens all the time. I do not take that for granted. I am very thankful for that. I know that's not the case with everyone. I know that not everyone is going to see restoration. I know we want that. But I do think it's key that when you put up those boundaries, you do leave that door cracked for possible future restoration. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm so happy that that happened. Because like you said, that doesn't always happen. But I do think that that story, there's a focus on goodness. There's a focus on excellence. There's a focus on like in Philippians, you know, focus on the good and the excellent and the lovely. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to say, okay, I know, I know it's not possible for everybody, but like it did happen for me. But I think those exception moments, you know, are the moments that show God's goodness and show God that God does still do miracles within our hearts and within our lives and he's active and he cares about our friendships. He cares about the sparrows and the lilies, the small things. And he does care about the restoration of that relationship. But just like you said, your wisdom and your discernment and stepping away and allowing him to do that work is it's giving it to him. It's saying, I'm not going to try to control this narrative. I'm not going to try to fix it all. I'm going to allow him to do the work if he wills. And if he doesn't, then okay, I have those boundaries that are healthy boundaries and I still have my people surrounding me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my last question, one of the most common questions that I receive by far is how do you make friends as a couple and find people that you both like and relate to? And Jesse and I have joked in the past, like when we were first dating and stuff, that we had these awesome friends that we all just kind of hung out with but then as we got older, like we found when I would hang out, I'm much more social than him, but I would hang out with some people and I would click really, really well with this new girl that I met and he didn't totally click with the husband or he really clicked with the husband and I didn't totally click with this new girl. And so we had to create a lot of compromise 
in the relationships, but also kind of going back to that list of expectations, breaking down the expectations of what we think our friends should look like and accepting their brokenness and knowing that we have just as much brokenness. So having different dynamics in a marriage, you have the introvert and the extrovert, you have the you know really spiritual one and the non-believer maybe. How do you encourage couples who maybe don't have a lot of friends to pursue those relationships? And what has that looked like in your marriages? Okay. So I guess I'll start off here. I am, I'm just going to preface with this. I am such a city girl and my husband is country to the core. (laughs) He hunts and I'm, you know, I'm the one sitting on the side going, run away, Bambi, run (laughs) far away. (laughs) We are just so different in a lot of ways. And I even remember in the last city we were in, the people that he would get close to, they wouldn't necessarily be people that I totally got or understood. And I remember thinking, do I just need to start wearing camo just so I can feel like I fit in? <laughs> like, so I can fit with these people. Please so do that. I, I can say, yeah, let me, let me just do that. <laughs> but I can honestly say that I get it when you're trying to find people to hang out with and you're going, eh, I don't know if, I completely relate to this person while he's like super relating to the the husband and all of the things. But I think once again, let's just go back to expectations. We have these expectations of, well, we have to have all of these close couple friends. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it is okay to have different friends. Now, I do think we have to be careful. I'm not going to go out and be best friends with a guy. Okay, like that's probably not okay. But I do have some female friends that he doesn't really hang out with the husband all that much. And we have come to realize that that is okay. And we need to stop pressuring ourselves so much to have couples. Now, I do think it's fun to have other couples to do things. And I think when you mentioned even like an unbeliever with a believer and how that right there is just totally different dynamics. But If you are the believer in that situation, I'm thinking as myself, we are called to be a friend to unbelievers. So I think there's nobody we can't spend time with. And I mean, unless they are completely saying, you know, deface, like saying God is awful, horrible. And, you know, I mean, we're not talking about those kind of people that completely go against God, but I'm saying people who just are unbelievers. What did Jesus do? I mean, we talked about his circle of friends and and how he had the close three. And then we said, we then we go out to the disciples. But then who was he spending so much time with? It was people who didn't know him or his father yet. Mm-hmm. It was the unbelievers. And I think mm-hmm. when we look at with that perspective, that then we become okay saying, you know, they don't have to be my best friend, but we can get together with other couples, even if they, once again, don't look like us, don't talk like us. Maybe they're a little more country. I'm a little more city. Maybe they have some different beliefs, but you know what I can do? I can listen. I can be a listener. I can be a learner and I can show them, hopefully the love of Jesus inside of me. And maybe they'll eventually want that. So I just think we have to be a little more open, drop those expectations and say, I am willing to make anything work. And they don't have to be my best friends, but we can still be in the same space. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We 
actually, a a couple of years ago, we decided, okay, we're going to join a small group at church. It's something that we had not done a whole lot of, even being on staff at different churches. We just never really had gotten into small groups with people in our church. And so we decided to do a parenting curriculum. We got there, and there's this group of couples there all, you know, wanting to learn more about parenting. And... We knew none of them. Well, I'll take that back. I knew one I knew one of the girls because our kids were in school together. And so, but I did not know her well. And little did we know that we would go on a journey with these couples and we would become friends. And we are still friends to this day. And it's probably the biggest group that we've hung out with, like all at one time, if that makes sense. And the girls were really, really close to begin with. And we all were like, we really want our husbands to hang out, you know, but we didn't want to force anything. Obviously, you know, the girls are more, we're more excited about getting together than the guys are. The guys are just like, whatever. (laughs) But one day the guys all decided to go, you know, play golf together. And we were shocked. We were like, wait, what? They planned something together? And they're all completely different. They really are. They're so different. They have totally different occupations, totally different personalities. And I think it it took that one time of them going and hanging out for them to like be okay with all being together as guys, friends, doing something together. But it made the group closer. Like once, you know, they all started to hang out together. So now we we're all really close and we love that. I was going to just say, like Jenna was talking about, about small groups. If you don't feel like you have couples, like get involved at your church and just, you know, step out of your comfort zone. And what will happen over time is relationships will be built. And it might not look like what you expect, but it could be even greater. So definitely get involved with the small groups at your church. I mean, There are so many polls and percentages out there that I cannot mention right now. But if you get involved in a small group at your church, you're more likely to stay at your church Mm -hmm. because that's where community is built. And that's the Acts Church. And that's what we're supposed to be about. And that's where you minister together and do life together. And so also don't push it like Jenna kind of, you know, chatted about that for just a second. Don't push your husband, because I do feel like it is harder sometimes for the husbands or whoever's the introvert or just, you know, doesn't get along with as many people or just doesn't like to talk. Don't push the spouse. Give them time. Give them patience and just prayerfully ask the Lord to send those people, but also search them out too. look for them. Don't just stay at your home and do nothing. I think that's the hardest thing is people pray for it, but then they don't ever, there's no action to their prayer and we have to move. So I think that's something to definitely do, but also like, like Stephanie says, it's okay. Like, I have a lot of girl good friends, and my husband does not hang out with all of those husbands, and it is okay. So freedom in that. And I love that our husbands have started hanging out. Mm -hmm. Um, It took a hot second, but it's (laughs) it's fun. You know, they're just all busy, so it wasn't like that they didn't get along. It was just busy and they have fun when they're together. Oh yeah, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, and they make fun of us. Oh, the whole time. (laughs) We just love it so much. Yeah. 
we have an episode that would be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I was saying we have an episode on our podcast that'd be interesting for everyone to listen to where we interview our husbands and it is quite entertaining. We have gotten a lot of responses from the times (laughs) we've gotten them on. That is a favorite because they just laugh and laugh. Oh, I love it. Well, and I love that they've built, I mean, even in their own way and in their own time, like have built that relationship just like you all have. And I just, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think that I feel like every, each one of you brought up such important points about the way that we handle the dynamic of the friendship. I think it starts with, like you're saying, those boundaries and knowing what you can do, knowing what is possible for you, for your life, for your time and your energy and having the willingness and the ability to say no or to kind of step aside when that friendship is just not going well. And I think oftentimes we fight so hard for these relationships to work when there are seasons of friendship sometimes. And that's okay. Like it's okay to have that season with that friend who was a wonderful friend. And just because you drift apart, just because you start to grow, you know, in disagreement or you have business issues where you work together or ministry issues where you're in ministry together, that doesn't mean that it was all for loss. You know, it was all a waste because there was so much that God did in that friendship at that time. And it is okay for time to pass. And then number two, the expectations and having that kind of letting that go. My goodness gracious. If I could preach on anything, it would be that like one, quit having the expectation that someone needs to be all things to you. I think that is one thing that I hear a lot of. It's like, she didn't show up for me, or I totally would have shown up for her, or she didn't use me for this business venture, or I mean, it could be anything, but it comes back to me, me, me. And these expectations are always so self-focused and really just so selfish that, yes, you're you want a friend who's a good friend, of course, but if we are so focus on when they call us and don't call us or when they text us and don't text us or what they do and don't invite us to, we're going to lose our ever-loving minds. Like We have to just step back and say, I am going to be the best friend that I can to these people and I'm going to watch naturally how they how God like organically allows them to grow and flow and how he organically allows some of those to separate. But I'm not going to sit in my bitterness and my resentment and hold record of wrongs, which scripture calls us not to do. Love does not hold record of wrongs or record of their sins or things that they've done that have hurt you. We move on because it creates that resentment and for unforgiveness in our own hearts that just doesn't allow us to grow. And then thirdly, to your point of not pushing your husband I am queen of pushing my husband. And so I talked about on your podcast, my control and letting go of that control. And my husband is a gamer. And I have learned over the past nine years to slowly allow that, which I will, we speak, we actually have a whole podcast episode on video gaming husbands. And he speaks to them because my husband handles his business. He's a father first, or I guess Christian first, husband second, father third. And he he really handles those roles. But when he has time, he will video game. And that's when he connects with his people. I do not understand that. I will never understand that. <laughs> like, I want to go to lunch. I want to have coffee. I want to see this person face to face. How are you connecting with these people? But actually having the podcast has helped me understand that more because while I'm not with you all, like we're having wonderful conversations where we're growing and we're challenging one another. And he has that with his friends on the headset. And so I have, 
I mean, very recently, like let up a little bit and just, or a lot actually, and just said, okay, you're going to handle this. And then I see him, you know, wanting to engage more because he's not feeling pressured by me to do so and to be involved in something he doesn't want to be. No man can be nagged into action, right? Like I, I just believe that so strongly. So yeah, I just, I want him to choose and to enjoy it because if they're forced, they don't enjoy their time. Like you can see it on their face that they don't want to be there. I just agree with all of that. I think allow it and pray, pray for yourself and your, as a couple, but I fully agree as well. Most of my friends, I go and do my thing with other Christian women who are married. You know, I'm not going to bar hopping with single women, but like we go out (laughs) and have dinner and go to a movie or, you know, just like enjoy our time together or go and get coffee or go on a walk or run. Like those things are sweet for me. And I do it in the way God has given me the ability to. And then my husband does it in his way too. As long as there's some sort of fellowship and accountability and community groups intertwined, I think that it's a really, really good dynamic. So I just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all of your perspectives because it's, it's, you're very well rounded and you have different things that you can bring to the table that I'm sure most of our listeners relate to. Oh, well, thank you for that. And I will say just the things that you talk about on your podcast when it comes from friendship, marriage, all of these things. It's funny because even though we have a podcast, technically we say it's for pastor's wives, by pastor's wives, we have a lot of women who listen to us who are not. And I think probably it's because we talk about a lot of similar things about marriage, friendships, all of the hard. And I think what we're realizing is that what we thought we were alone in, oh no, women Mm -hmm. all over, it doesn't matter, pastor's wives or not, we all are relating to these things. We're all going through these things together. And it, well, it should be together. I think we think we're separate, but we're together. We're going through them together. (laughs) You are. Yes. And I agree. I mean, the ones that the, I'm not a pastor's wife and, and I know I'm in ministry, but I think there are some that you talk specifically to not only to couples, which I have a lot of listeners who love marriage stuff. So I think they'll really enjoy your episode interviewing your husbands as well. But you touch on so many topics and I fully agree where you're not, you're like me, like you don't like to sugarcoat and you're honest and you really focus heavily on making people feel welcomed and making people feel like you know, you hear them and you see them. And in our world of technology, that is so essential to have that sense of understanding. But also there is this, you know, um, perspective of pastor's wives that people have and that they live in because of either how they were raised or going into that, that they want their pastor's wife to be all those things that I think it gives them the ability, whether they're in ministry or not, to see their pastor and their pastor's wife from a different perspective and to offer them the grace and offer them the understanding that they may not have had had they not listened to Pastor's Wives Tell All podcast. So I just, I love what y'all are doing. And I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you on all social platforms and everything. Well, we love us some Instagram. Can we can we just say that, ladies? Do we do we love some Instagram? We love some Instagram. It's where the party's at. It's where it is where the party's at. In fact, we actually we are so silly. I will say that we have dance with us reels every Wednesday. They have become a hit. We had one go a little. I would say it's viral for us. It was two point two million views. Oh yeah, and we were like, what in the world is happening? (laughs) But like, it's our most favorite 
thing outside of the podcast just to be silly, but then also to try to speak that raw truth. But we are at Pastors Wives Tell All on Instagram. We are the same on Facebook. Okay, so we're technically on Twitter, but do we ever tweet? No, so don't follow us there. We don't follow tweet. us on Instagram, hence <laughs> maybe some Facebook. But we also have a website, pastorswivestellall.com, and we have our own merch shop yes. there, which Ooh. is fun. It's I know right now the big thing are the dibs on the pastor and dibs on the worship pastor and dibs on the children's pastor and youth <laughs> yeah. pastor shirts. Like, I don't even know. We have we didn't even really talk about them and they have been popping up everywhere. It cracks mm-hmm. us up. But we do have other things too that just speak to Christian women and it's not just for pastor's wives. But yeah, that is where you can find us. For sure. Yeah, doing all oh. the things. And of course, our podcast. And I think like people, you know, if you go follow us on Instagram, I think what helps is like, a lot of people don't realize that we are three different pastor wifeys from three different churches, three denominations. Mm-hmm. And that's what the church body should look like. There should not be segregation. There should be unity. And we are yeah. one body. And so I think that is one of the main things that people are super surprised to know about us. That, yes, we happen to live in the same town, but we are just on this road together, walking with Christ together. And we want you to do the same. So it, we have a lot of fun doing it. We do, and we, we, do. we use lots of different voices. Yes. When but we... our main one is our <laughs> British accent. It's this, you know, hello. The Peppa Pig accent. Peppa Pig. Yes. She is our friend. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Stephanie, Jenna, Jessica. Thank you for being on. And for our listeners, if you all enjoyed this episode or you gained anything, which I know that you will because the amount of questions I get regarding friendship is just crazy and in a good way. Like I'm so thankful really specifically to have the three of you here to talk on this topic because it's been on my heart for a very long time. And it's been one that I've like slowly worked toward, but just never felt like it was the right time. And I just, now I know why, like Jesus led me specifically to the three of you. So I'm thankful. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, um, make sure to let us know what you gained from it, what you learned and tag us on Instagram at living easy with Lindsay and at pastors wives tell all, let us know what you learned, share with one friend or family member, you know how much that means. And also just sharing the hope of the gospel with one person in your life can double the listeners on the podcast. So you're continuing to get the word of Jesus spread to those who, especially in this day and age right now, and just what we're going through can really bring a sense of hope and of purpose to their lives. So we love you guys. So thankful to have you here and we will talk to you all next Monday. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you were blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.